What up, guys? It's JP from The Chase Down, and I'm here with my co-host, Ben. What's going on, everybody? And today we have our award show episode where we give you our predictions for the award winners uh, for next season. We did this last year. Me and Ben, we did pretty well. I feel like we got most of the names right, just in different orders. Um, But today we're going to give it another shot. So, Ben, we are going to start with Coach of the Year. Not a super exciting award. Who do you have winning Coach of the Year? Um, I think it's going to be Steve Nash. I think the Nets are going to be close to a 60-win team, if not like 62, 64 wins. Um, And they're going to be the clear one seed. So when that happens, Steve Nash is probably going to be Coach of the Year. I think Frank Vogel's got a chance if the Lakers dominate. Um, Budenholzer maybe if the Bucks dominate. But I think Steve Nash is probably the favorite. I'm with you on this one. I have Steve Nash as the favorite. I think that team's going to run through the entire league, win a ton of games. I think people are going to give him some credit too to like dealing with the Kyrie stuff because there's going to be a Kyrie incident within a season. It's just how that man works. Uh, Mm -hmm. James Harden, injury issues. Who knows if he stays healthy? Uh, He just got his first major injury last year of his like entire career. And obviously the Kevin Durant injury issues. So like there is a lot of stuff to navigate for him. It's just the talent's overwhelming. So like when the talent does play, that team's going to win a ton of games. So I think it's like a mixed case where he gets credit for dealing with annoying stuff, but also just have by far the best team in the league. Yes. I think he's accurately described as the vibes coach. Um, But I mean, you can tell when you look at some teams that some teams need a coach who can get everybody to calm down and have fun. Um, Like not the end of the world. you got to be stiff and ready to go. Like some people aren't just like, like that when they play basketball, some people don't want to be coached like that. Um, And it just can, it can mess up a locker room. Steve Nash is always like a positive, um, like good vibes sort of coach. And even if he doesn't provide a bunch of X and O's um, I think that's pretty worth it. Honestly. I'm with you. And with guys like Kevin Durant too, like he knows the game better than almost every player who's ever stepped foot onto an NBA court. Like I have him as like a top 11, 12 player of all time. Like, I don't think he needs to be coached anymore. I think you just make his day happy every time he walks into the facility. Like you said, be the vibes coach, keep the mood light and happy and just let these guys do what they know how to do. So I I think, I think he deserves the credit for coach of the year, just keeping that team like engaged throughout the season and making a fun environment for them. Yeah, definitely. Um, They'll have a couple of sets that they just run through and they score uh, at like ridiculous levels, but it's not anything where like Steve Nash is giving Katie pointers. Um, I definitely, I, I, I get where you're coming from there. Um, Frank Vogel's the other dude who's got a chance to win it. If the Lakers really dominate, um, we saw he's a good coach. It's not just he's got LeBron on his team. When him and AD were gone, he actually did a good job coaching that team to a handful of more wins than they really deserved. Yeah, so Frank Vogel, I agree, is a great coach. He didn't end up making my three-coach list. I think he has a shot if Russell Westbrook completely changes his play style. Can we talk about that real quick? Um, yeah. I'm not sure how tuned into this sort of stuff you are. Have you seen his shots a bit different? Yeah. So I think the attempt is nice, but like 13, no, not 13 years into a career, but a lot, like a decade into a career and you're finally changing your shot form. 
I don't see any success coming out of that, but what, what, what's your opinion on that? Do you just, do you think it's going to stick into the regular season or do you think he's going to, cause his jump shot has always been, he jumps a mile into the sky and then shoots at the peak. Um, and he's got a very stiff release. He fires the ball out of his hands. Um, and his new shot that he seems to be working on is a low release, kind of the way that Dame shoots, uh, where it's not a lot of effort uh, and he doesn't jump very high off the ground. I mean, it's hopefully it's better than what 30%. Yeah. He's going to be wide open on a lot of these threes. He's going to be disrespected and wide open. I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful. Um, I think just cause it's the Lakers and cause it's LeBron and because why not uh, Russ is going to come out shooting like 38% from three. <laughs> I would roll over in my grave. <laughs> I had to watch him shoot 38% from three that would uh that would make me crazy but like going back to frank vogel i think if he's the guy right that makes uh russell westbrook change his play style a little bit become a guy who cuts off ball become a guy who defends with intention and become a guy who can shoot three balls i think he's gonna get a lot of that credit and i think that team's gonna win a lot of games so maybe i should have put him on my list but the guy i had second was actually mike malone and i know you're a huge nuggets fan if he can keep this ship afloat and have them as like the third seed the whole year, like until they get Murray back, that team's going to be freaking good. And they're going to have a great seed and Jokic is going to go crazy again. And I think Mike Malone deserves a lot of credit for keeping that team afloat. If they do perform the way I expect them to perform to start the season next year. I, so I uh, had the nuggets as a pretty high seed. I think I put them at two. Yeah. Um, and I still am sticking with that. Uh, Jokic seems to be in the best form he's been in as an NBA player, uh, which is awesome to see. But yeah, I mean, Mike Malone is a great coach. Um, we've seen the way he's experimented with lineups and stuff with the point guards that he throws out there and the way that it works. Um, he would definitely get a lot of credit if they were a two seed. Yeah. And we see, we saw the job he did against Portland too. Um, for them to be so injured heading into that series and still make it a seven game series against Dame Lillard, who was putting up 50 point games. And like, I, I just think he did a great job and definitely, they, definitely. They faced the Phoenix Suns after that. Right. Yeah. And just kind of got, yeah. DeAndre Ayton played great defense on Jokic and they were just no match talent wise. Right. They were too injured, but for mm -hmm. them to even get to that point with such an injured roster, all the credit in the world to Mike Malone. One more guy I have on my list, and I think you might agree with this, Ime Udoka. I know we're Celtics, yes. right? I know we're Celtic fans, and you could call, claim it as homerism. I get it. But I really do think the Celtics are going to change the way they play. I think their defense is going to be great. And if Jason Tatum takes a leap that I know me and you have texted about and Jalen Brown takes a leap that me and you have texted about, I think I heard Zach Lowe say it, and now it's kind of running around in my mind. There's a potential that they could be the third seed. They could be just behind the Nets and Bucks. And if that's the case, he needs to be in this conversation. I agree. Um, I think just the way I've heard Udoka empower Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown is awesome. Um, all the players that he seems pretty hyped to coach, but like specifically those two dudes, um, as soon as he was hired, he was talking about the fact how he is going to drill into their heads. The fact that they can make all NBA this year, both of them. Um, and I think it's possible. And I honestly, if we see a lot of point Tatum and point Brown, if their playmaking is good enough, 
um, then the Celtics are going to dominate. They're just going to roll through teams because both of those guys can score so well. And if they can just pass at like an above average level, Tatum, I think is already there, but Brown's Brown's got some work to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. They could be a three seed and Udoka would get a lot of that credit. Yeah. And our friend Nate that we've had on the podcast uh, highlighted on his Twitter, go give him a follow. I think it's like pull up Nate or something. Um, Jalen Brown has exclusively been working on his playmaking. He understands and is self-aware that he's not really a team empowerer. He's kind of a solo act. Um, when he has the ball in his hands, you kind of know it's either like going back to Tatum or he's taking a shot. He has worked on his handle and playmaking even more, which I think gives him the potential to be an all-NBA player. So, yeah, I think I think there's a chance Udoka makes it. I would love to see him win Coach of the Year as a rookie coach. That would be fantastic. But, um, yeah, you got you to gotta put him on that list. I only wrote two names because the third name that kept coming into my head was Udoka, and I didn't want to be a homer. <laughs> so I'm glad you went with him. I, I took the homer card from yeah, you. Yeah, I'm uh, glad you did. Yeah, moving on to sixth man of the year. This is an interesting award. I was talking to you about it before we got on air. It's a little bit of a strange award, um, but it still means something. Uh, who do you have as the favorite to win sixth man of the year? I have, I man, I'm not confident in any of my answers here. And I can my, go I, Yeah, you go first. I, may, I wrote down four names. I don't know which one. Okay. I have Tyrese Halliburton. Huh. going to take it home and I'm you're probably like won't he get starter minutes yes but I think he'll come off the bench still because they haven't found a landing spot for Buddy Heald um I think they're gonna keep Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox on the court together and play Tyrese Halliburton a lot of minutes this year because they saw how good he is so I'm assuming he's gonna get like 32 minutes a game average like 18 points maybe five rebounds and six assists off the bench I mean that's like that's a starting level player stat line right there. And I, I, the impact, we talked about him so much last year, the impact he has on winning. I think the games they do win, Halliburton will have a large part in that. So I think he's going to be the uh, lead vote getter for six man of the year. I love Tyrese Halliburton. I can't see the Kings thinking it's a smart idea to leave him on the bench. You think, you think they'd play him over Buddy Heald? I, yeah, honestly, um, the, yeah. King's ownership, I'm starting to believe in a bit more um, with the change in ownership, the way I don't know his name, um, but the dude who went and drafted uh, the short point guard from Baylor, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Joe Dumars is the new guy who took over. Correct. Yes. Um, Drafted Davion Mitchell. Um, It's it's tough. They have so many good guards, but Tyrese Halberton's got to be a starter. Um, yeah, I think they're fair. gonna ship Buddy Healed, um, but it hasn't happened yet, so it's fair to say that my my leader is Joe Ingles. I would love for him to win the award. Me too. I think I think he deserved it last year, but go ahead. I think he was a more important six man than Jordan Clarkson. I don't like when the six man is just who is putting up sixteen points a game off the bench. Yeah. Um, because Joe Ingles actually was like a secondary playmaker, um, can score but can also pass pretty well. Um, he was just, I think, more impactful than uh, Jordan Clarkson was. Clarkson just put up a good amount of points. Um, so, yeah, he's my number one. Kevin Herter is my number two, and I think he's got a solid chance. Um, just because Trey and Bogdanovich are both going to get a lot of minutes, and I think they're going to stagger those three guards a lot because Kevin Herter yeah. showed, like, a lot of confidence in the playoffs. 
Um, I really think this award's a toss-up. Yeah, I, I like that pick after what he did in the playoffs, like closing out Philadelphia in game seven. I think that's he, he has a little bit more recognition now. Right. Um, I like that pick. That's an, that's an obscure pick, but I think it's realistic. Another player that I think has a real shot to win it, who was the winner last year, Jordan Clarkson. I hate to be like hate to say it because I don't like the way he plays basketball, but usually what happens with this award is you find one guy and then he gets it for three years straight. We saw it with Lou Williams. We saw it with Jamal Crawford. Down the line, it could be Jordan Clarkson being that guy, just a 20-point-per-game scorer off the bench who does nothing else, and he'll just win the award every year for the next three years. So it wouldn't shock me if he won it back-to-back. It definitely wouldn't. Um, I, I, You're right. We, we both kind of don't like that style of play. Oh. Um, you much more so than me. I, I like, I don't mind it when it works, but, um, you're not a big fan. No. Um, what about Dennis Schroeder? If he is a six man for the Boston Celtics? Ooh, I totally forgot about him. That is a great, like sleeper bet. I think if someone just wants to pour money on the Celtics and you're a fan from Boston and you want to bet on our team this year, I think that would, he probably has pretty good odds, uh, to win that award. Uh, to bet on probably a good value pick. I think that's a nice, I think that's a nice pick. I think I, that's he was up there in the betting odds um, last year because yeah. people thought he would come off the bench for the Lakers. And then he started and wasn't as good as he was off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's a possibility. I also have Patty Mills as a flyer pick. That's my third guy because I think he's going to play super, super important minutes for the Nets I think he's going to be the guy who steps up and scores for them when Kyrie takes a game off or James Harden's hurt. I think he's going to put up 20-point games here and there. So I would not be shocked if he shot like 44% from three and uh, was just super efficient all, all year long. Yeah. Um, yeah, he is going to shoot the best three-point percentage of his career without question. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I could see him being a pretty solid six man. I'm not sure – uh, how many shots he'll even really get for this team. But I, I just imagine the efficiency is going to be out of this world compared to his averages from like years past. And he might be one of those guys where it's like his stat line doesn't really say his impact. Right. Dude right? put up like, 40 in that Olympics game. He is yeah. a shooter. Yeah. He might, he might only average like 11 points a game, but it'll feel like more when you watch the nets, you'll notice Patty Mills out there. So I, I like that sleeper pick or like Hail Mary pick. Um, let's move on to most improved. This I want to was... take this one over. Yeah, go for um, it. This one is always really, really difficult to guess because it always turns out that there's one player who took a step up in the offseason who got a bigger role from their team, and that's yep. the dude who wins it. Yeah. Um, I am my first pick. I have been waiting for this dude to be on a team that was meant for him. Uh, Lonzo Ball is going to be the secondary playmaker for the Bulls um, with DeMar DeRozan probably doing most of the playmaking. He is going to be a transition leader for the Bulls, throwing alley-oops to every single member of the Chicago Bulls. Um, This is a place for him to get some pretty good shots. He can play lockdown defense on whoever his guard is. I really think he could put up – his stats have never stood out. I really think this is his chance to put up eye-popping numbers for the first time in his career. I love it. He was one of my choices last year. Uh, 
And I think you're right. I think with a team that actually wants him there, he might pop in the statistical categories because we know Lonzo's a good NBA player. We know it. It's just his stats aren't eye-popping. He's going to try on defense. He's a great playmaker. Um, can shoot the three ball pretty consistently now. Um, I like that pick a lot. And I think his contributions to winning, if the Bulls are what you think they're going to be, which I think you had them as like the sixth seed. Right. I think he's going to get a lot of attention and credit for that, um, especially being able to like enable Vucevic and Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. I think that's a really cool pick. I like that pick a lot. He's a dude people got to remember. He is someone that Zion vouched for to stay. He um, said, in, this is a quote. He thinks Lonzo's a generational type talent. Right. And David Griffin let him walk. Yes. Um, there was one player on the Pelicans last year who would consistently get the ball to Zion where Zion wanted it, and it was Lonzo. Um, his vision, his court vision is so good. His handle's not good enough to be the primary playmaker, but with DeRozan as that guy, uh, he's an awesome hockey assist guy. I think he's going to crush it. I've, I love that pick. little jealous about that one, honestly. Um, <laughs> Who do you have? My number one pick is probably a little bit of a flyer but I think I believe in this and it's Kevin Porter Jr. Kevin Porter Jr. played for the Cavs and was clearly just like the most talented guy on the team above Colin Sexton above Darius Garland like some of the moves he put out there on the court were just like eye-popping but then you had the off-court stuff and you couldn't really count on him to be there it seems like in Houston they've kind of figured him out um and they just dropped John Wall, or they're looking to drop John Wall or trade John Wall or whatever. KPJ is going to be the starting point guard for this team. And I think he could honestly get to 20 points per game with like six assists. And I think he's kind of going to follow the Brandon Ingram arc, where even though the team sucked when Brandon Ingram won the award, the statistical bump was so great that voters couldn't ignore it. I, I honestly would really, really love to see it. Um, I, sorry, I just totally blanked. Um, go, go right back to you. And then I'll like, like a second. I just think it's cool too. Cause KPJ and Jalen green are both super dynamic scores. They're both super young. I know KPJ was drafted and I think like 2018, but he was 18 when he was drafted. So right. he's still super young. And then you have Jalen green who I think is going to score 20 points per game too. This team's going to be horrible but their backcourt is going to put up a ton of points. And I think, I think KPJ really has a shot to win this award. I think he does. Um, he put up 55 points against the Bucks and against Drew Holiday. Um, 10 assists too. 10 assists too. Put some ridiculous moves on all of those Bucks players. Yeah. Um, he's definitely pretty talented. He averaged a little over 16 points per game last season. Yeah. Um, so if that jumps to like, I don't know, mid 20s low 20s that there's a definitely a chance he could win that his numbers are ridiculous um 16 and a half points six assists like four rebounds i didn't know he was he had that kind of production in the amount of games he played he's really talented yeah um that would be cool to see what kind of jump statistically do you think he makes i think he could get to the 20 point mark if not above because it's really just going to be him and Jalen green taking shots for that team Sengun's going to come off the bench. Christian Wood's going to probably take 12 to 13 shots a game too. And then that's it. Uzman Garuba, not a shot taker. Jay Sean Tate, not a shot maker. 
it's just it's really just that backcourt and Christian Wood chucking up shots. So he's going to have all the opportunity in the world to score points in bunches. I, I honestly I think it's a great pick. Um, the Rockets are going to be an awful, awful, awful team, and that might impact people's decisions. Um, oh. But as long as the efficiency is there, man, I don't know that there's much you can say about putting up really good numbers on a bad team. And that was um, the case with Brandon Ingram. People right. just didn't care that the Pelicans sucked. They were just the like, efficiency. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I have two names that I would love to see win the uh, most improved player. Gotcha. MPJ is my first one. Um, he's going to come into the season being the number two option, clear number two option for the first, at least half of the regular season. Yeah. Um, there's some other pieces around Jokic and MPJ, but MPJ could be a 24 point per game scorer um, the next season pretty easily. If he can get some sort of a dribble, that was what he said he was most focused on over this off season. Um, and I trust him to get better. So I'm expecting to see some sort of dribble from him. If he can put the ball on the floor and get to the hoop, that adds five, six, seven more points to his game. Easily. Um, and he can get more rebounds too. He'll get more minutes. Um, I don't expect his assists to jump or anything, but just the things he does, I think he's going to be better at this year. Yeah. He's also on my list. I had him tied for third. Um, I was recently listening to a podcast where they focus on the statistical side of basketball and MPJ is in the 98th percentile of shot making in the NBA. He is in the same category as Dame Lillard, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson in terms of shooting. That's all this kid does. He gets easy backdoor cuts to the layups uh, for layups and he shoots off pin downs and he shoots trailing threes and he sinks every shot he makes. He is so efficient, and at six foot, like 11, no one can contest that shot. I know me and you have compared it to Kevin Durant's release on his jump shot. I just think, like you said, I think he's a pretty good bet to go like 24 points per game. Honestly, he should probably be the favorite for this award, but I just want to see Kevin Porter Jr. win it more than me. That's totally fair. Yeah, I think MPJ should be one of the favorites for this award. I think he's got the easiest shot. Um, He's got the easiest path out of everybody that we've talked about. Kevin Porter Jr. has got a solid path carved out for him to win this. Yeah. Um, But I mean, Lonzo, he's going to have to fight with the rest of the Bulls. The rest of the people on that team are going to take a lot of shots. Um, I think the path is easiest for MPJ and Kevin Porter Jr. I also wanted to bring up another possible most improved player. um, And that's Zion. It's hard for him to be a most improved player being third team all NBA last season. Um, I think his assists per game, if we are seeing point Zion every game from here on out, if we're seeing him be the guy taking the ball up all the time, I think his assists per game could almost double kind of like what we saw with Julius Randle. Yeah. Um, I'm expecting that kind of a thing. His points per game could go up a little bit. His assists per game go up a lot. His rebounds go up a little bit. Um, I, I don't know if it's enough for most improved player, but I'm, I'm expecting growth from Zion regardless. What do you think? This is so funny because I was going to text you about this after and maybe do a podcast about it with you, but I think Zion's going to be a top 10 player this year. Mm-hmm. I, like easily. Like he will make second team or first team all NBA. He will be a 30 point per game scorer easily. Um, people like people don't realize this dude was at 27 points per game last season. 
and refs didn't fully give him the respect he deserved like he didn't get enough foul calls as he actually deserved so once refs start realizing that and i'm assuming he worked on his handles his playmaking his shooting a little bit i don't expect it to be great but like you said i expect a massive jump i think he's clearly second team or first team all nba next year i i totally agree i'm glad that you agree with me um I was a little cautious there when I said his points per game could go up a little bit because he's at 27 points per game now and people don't really surpass that very often. Uh, I think he could be above 30, 31. I think he literally could sit there the entire season. Um, I think his assists per game could be like six and a half. His rebounds per game could be where it is right now, seven, maybe eight. Um, and as long as his turnovers aren't crazy, I think he could be easily in the, I mean, he's in some sort of conversation. I think that's enough to give him an honorary most improved. Like the <laughs> jump, the you. jump from superstar to like one of the best in basketball. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if he like sniffs an MVP run. Um, I know Julius Randall got votes for an MVP type season last year. Like I would not be shocked if Zion did something similar. Um, he'd have, have to keep the pelicans up like as a high seed but like right, he's putting right. up those kind of numbers he might yeah yeah exactly if he's a 30 point per game scorer with eight rebounds and six assists they're probably doing pretty well yeah um yeah. i have two more names to mention triple j i know i talked a little bit of shit about him heading into the playoffs last year because he did he was horrible i mean go go watch the games go look at the stats he was horrible in the playoffs last year but i forgot how special he is when he's healthy I went back and just like watched some highlights of him. He moves so well as a seven footer. He kind of reminds me of Evan Mobley, honestly, like just the way he moves that, at that tall um, and his handles pretty good too. I just think with the three point shooting, if he bumps up to like 20 points per game and gets his fouling under control, I think he has a real shot to win uh, most improved. Honestly, I mean, Maybe, maybe his, his numbers are certainly, if he's a good player, certainly going to be a lot better than what we've seen. Um, if he's back to his pre-injury self, yeah. um, I am a bit worried about him after, I mean, like it's well-deserved after what we've seen from him in the playoffs last year, all the injury stuff. There's a lot to be a little bit concerned about. Yeah. Um, it's more of a talent play because you're so right there's so many reasons to be concerned with him but if he is healthy i'm betting on i'm betting on that i guess i think it's a fair bet honestly i'm i'm not um not that shocked to hear it at all who's your other guy i'm taking the homer card from you this uh this podcast but i think is it jalen brown oh i I thought you were gonna say williams okay i really do i think if rob williams gets starter minutes which we assume he does and he stays healthy for all 82 games. His blocks, it, the number is going to be staggering. I he think could he be the a, blocks leader. I think, yep, I think he could be the blocks leader, and I think he has a chance to make all defense. He needs to work on off-ball defense. People don't. People like to talk about the block numbers. He still has stuff to work on on that side of the ball. But he's just an uber-efficient offensive player. Every oop you throw up to this guy, it's going through the net. So if he could average, like, I don't know, 16, 10, and like three blocks or two and a half blocks. I think that's a, a solid case to be made for him to win most improved, especially when we expect the Celtics to do better this year. I I mean, it's <clears throat> not impossible. I don't expect a huge statistical output from Rob Williams. 
Um, I do think his defense will be really good. If he can get just a tiny little bit better at not bumping, not fighting, sorry, falling for pump fakes. Yeah. Um, Cause he bites all the time. Uh, if he can just stay on his feet a little more, I think he'll be an excellent defender, but most improved. I'm not sure. I think Jalen Brown on the Celtics would have a more, uh, an easier case. This is my case for Rob. Okay. Guess how many minutes he played per game last year. If you had to guess 18. Yes. I think that could legitimately double. Wow. I don't think he could handle that. You don't think 36 minutes a game? I think he could do 29, 30. Okay. Um, I don't know that he can handle 36 minutes per game. I think the Celtics are, are going to try to ride him a little bit. I hope I think, so. Yeah, I, I think they're going to try to ride him. So if the minutes double or if they come close to doubling, you can just kind of assume he'll double his statistical output from last year. And his statistical output was fantastic. So I he's like a sleeper dark horse for me. I think that's fine. Um, I'd like no problems with that. Jalen Brown, my case for him would be he could make third team all NBA this season. Um, and it, I mean, he has just chiseled out uh, step by step by step improvements in his yeah. career here. So I don't know. It's tough to give a dude who was an all-star last year, a most improved player, but I'm ex- like, if his playmaking goes up even more, um, he could be a dude that's talked about. Yeah. I think he would have to make like second team all NBA to win a, most improved player award. I think there would have probably to be like massive jump, but um, let's move on to Depoy. I'll take this one. Draymond. I think Draymond's winning it. I think I looked back and saw that he only had one under his belt. I felt like he was like a premier defensive player throughout that entire dynasty run. I feel like people maybe just didn't want to give it to him because they were such a dominant team and they had Kevin Durant as a help defender. Um, but man, Draymond was sick on defense last season. He didn't get a ton of credit for it because the Warriors weren't dominant like they used to be. But I think with Clay coming back and some of the depth they've added, this team's going to be a little bit higher up the standings. And when they see Draymond playing the way he's playing, I think he's going to get the nod for deep play. I think Draymond is the best defender in the NBA. So I think that's reasonable. Um, I want to see him win it. We both have the Warriors as a top four seed next season. Um, and I think that he should deserve it. Honestly, if they get a top four seed, he deserves it. He is excellent. He has always been excellent. Um, I don't know that we'll see much play from Wiseman this year, or if we'll see mostly Draymond as the five. Um, I guess it'll depend on what they do, but he is always the most switchable defender in basketball. Um, I have Draymond as my number one as well. I think it just makes the most sense. Uh, him and Rudy Gobert are going to be the 1A and 1B that people are going to be battling over this whole year. Um, I think because Gobert's won three in a row, Draymond's this one's kind of open for him. Um, he just has to stay healthy and like play the same defense he's always played. I'm with you on that. And let's just go right into it with Gobert because he's my number two. I don't think he has a shot in hell of winning this award this year. Um, after the playoffs, John Morant dropping 30 points per game on them. And then that collapse against the Clippers with just the outside shooting and him not being able to run out to Markeith Morris in the corner or Marcus Morris. I forget which twin it is, but, um, and like Terrence Mann just going off, like it, it's just too much. It's kind of like the Giannis getting blown out of the playoffs after his MVP season, even though he was still fantastic last year, we both knew he wasn't going to win MVP. Um, it's going to affect Rudy Gobert. He's not winning this award this year. It's, it's, it's fair. 
um, his blocks per game would have to jump up by like a ridiculous amount for him to be considered. I think he's going to get second place. Yes. Um, Cause he's always that dude. He's always the, like one of the most prolific, important regular season defenders. Um, but he's not winning the award. You're right. Cause everybody knows it's just, it's different in the playoffs. Even if yeah. it's a regular season award, people just, the there's voter fatigue. Yes. Yes. Um, so I, I guess have, that, yeah, go to I have a, a three and a four that I want to talk about. Let's do um, it. And they're uh, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Um, I'm expecting both of them to be the best defensive player on their own individual teams very soon. Yep. Um, so I think Embiid as the, I have Embiid third, I think him as the main force in a defense, um, kind of the way Gobert's used, but in a more switchable sense and in a more like dominant around the hoop sense, Joel Embiid could be the best defender in basketball. I'm with, honestly, when he's healthy, I think he is the best defender in basketball. The feet, the foot speed he has at the perimeter for being seven foot one and like 300 pounds, it's ridiculous. Um, The way he can stay with wings on the perimeter is ridiculous. And I think, like you said, if he is put into that Rudy Gobert role, his blocks are going to go through the roof. Um, his defensive statistics will go up. His offensive ones will probably come down, but I would not be shocked if he was in the running for deep boy at all. I, I think it's possible, man. I want to see the Sixers be good um, despite losing Simmons because I'm worried they're going to do a thing. The, the name I keep hearing is Timberwolves. Um, yes. <laughs> and the thing I keep hearing is Timberwolves take Ben Simmons. They trade draft capital to some team and that team trades some players to Philly. Um, and I struggle to think of how Philly remains a good team, like just as good as they were. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I just think regardless, Embiid is just such a force defensively. Like when he's healthy, uh, he is in this running always. And for Ben Simmons, I think that's a good pick. The only thing I'm worried about with that is he's made it clear to the media for you, for for those who don't know that he's not going to play another game with the 76ers. So if they can't trade him before the season starts, he's probably going to miss a few games. Uh, he'll get fined for it. His reputation is probably not going to be great. And that does matter in the media. So I think that might play a little part of it. But in terms of defensive talent, both of us know what stature he's at when it comes to perimeter defenders. I think he's right up there with Kawhi. Like he's just a devastating force on the perimeter. Perimeter. Right, and put him on the Timberwolves. Put him next to they. They don't want to get rid of their main guys, so put him next to Ant, Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell. He is their defensive cog. He is their yeah. best defensive player. Um, and if their defense tries at all, it will be because of Ben Simmons. Correct. So I think I think that's a nice sleeper pick. My third player is Jonathan Isaac. He is on that. Always same- got to throw out that prayer vote, man, just in case he stays healthy. Exactly. If this dude's ACLs stay intact, he's going to be on the first team all defense. Six foot 11 wing who can shot block like a center, but then stay with guards and wings on the perimeter as if he was like a forward or a guard. It's unbelievable. If you guys have time, just watch what he does to people. Go on YouTube, look up Jonathan Isaac defensive highlights. It's so unique. It's unlike any defender in the league. It's so fun to watch. And I think if he stays healthy, He's going to be in the running for this award. I, I mean, it'd be awesome. It'd be awesome if he stayed healthy. It's such a big if. 
Yeah. Um, he is one of the only players in the NBA where you can go look up his defensive highlights and they have like tens of thousands of views. Yes. Um, like he is, he is one of the best defenders in basketball. Everybody knows it. Um, the magic are going to be one of the worst teams you've ever seen this year. Um, <laughs> so maybe his excellent defense isn't going to matter for anything. That's fair. Um, but he's going to get lots of steals and blocks. So maybe that'll get recognized. I don't know. Yeah. And for just his defensive statistics, like he's, he's in the candidacy for actually putting up like two steals and like two and a half blocks over the course of a season. Like that's right. not unrealistic for him. So yeah, like I said, you got to throw up the prayer vote for Jonathan Isaac every year. Cause if the dude stays healthy is unbelievable. He just hasn't been able to do it. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, I think it's fair. Um, I don't have any more options here. Yeah, so we're going to take a quick break and then get back to you guys with Rookie of the Year and MVP. All right, and we're back for the rest of the awards. We're also going to go through uh, the scoring title, the assist leader, and the rebound leader, and then who we think is going to be the champ. But we're going to start with the Rookie of the Year. Um, I, we, JP called me out at the half at the break um, and listed out my three guys. So I'm going to list out my three guys and I'm going to list them out in order. Um, Jalen Green winning the award, Jalen Suggs, number two, Cade Cunningham, number three. Spicy. Yeah. Explain that order for us. So Jalen Green is the best scorer in this draft, no question. Yeah. Um, He was awesome in the summer league. He didn't play the whole summer league, but he didn't have to because we already saw like what he's capable of. Um, He's going to be playing on a team with zero pressure. He is going to be putting up 18 shots a game at least. Um, I think his scoring numbers are going to be awesome. I think they're going to be over 20. Um, I think he could be like a 22-point-for-game score. Uh, Jalen Suggs, number t- actually, let's just go Jalen Green, number one, 22-point-for-game score. Is that a ridiculous thing to say? So I think the 22-point mark is high because I remember when Luca came in, he was at like 20.6, and Luca's a 30-point-per-game scorer now. True, so it does like, take a while to get there. Right. So I think I think 20 is realistic for him. Okay. A 19 or 20 a game, like Anthony Edwards' territory, is absolutely realistic for Jalen Green. Okay, cool. Jalen Suggs, number two, is going to be the hopefully the starting point guard for the whole season for the Magic. Um, there's really nobody on the magic besides Jonathan Isaac. That's worth really talking about a lot. Um, Markel Fultz is starting to become a basketball player again. Um, yeah. his shot looked a lot more normal. It's slowly starting to rebuild and then he got hurt. Um, so he'll be out most of the season. So Jalen Suggs has free reign, I think, to run this team this season. And he could, I said earlier, I've fallen off of it a little bit, but I've said earlier that he could be kind of like John Morant in the way that he came into the team and immediately uplifted the team. Um, He's not going to have that big of an effect because the magic are just so bad. Right. But I think he's going to have a lot of points and some good assist numbers and just intangible wise, he's going to be someone that everybody talks about. Totally with you on basically everything you said. I agree with all the attributes you give him. I just don't know if he's not my number two. Okay. Um, And then Cade, number three, same sort of deal. I think the Pistons are going to be really, really bad. Yeah. Um, Despite like how fun their, their up and coming talent is starting to look, I don't think they're going to get a lot of wins. Uh, I think Cade's scoring output is going to be a little worse than Jalen Suggs, 
I think his assist numbers might be a little bit higher. His turnover numbers are going to be a little higher as well. Um, and the rebounds are probably be a bit higher, yeah. but I think Jalen Suggs just intangible wise brings so much more. Um, but I think Jalen Green's probably the, the runaway favorite here. Who is your top three? My top three is also Jalen Green at one, Cade Cunningham at two, and Jalen Suggs at three. Right. Um, so I'll go into the Jalen Green, Cade Cunningham debate right now because I've been struggling with this a little bit. I feel like it's going to be really similar to last year's Rookie of the Year race. I think Anthony Edwards put up 19 points per game on iffy efficiency on a horrible team, and he got no credit for it. LaMelo put up 16, 6, and 6 on a decent team, and it seemed like Anthony Edwards had no shot to even contest for the award the whole entire season. I see Cade doing something similar to what LaMelo did, and I see Jalen Green doing something similar to what Anthony Edwards did. So that logic would make you think, like, oh, Cade should win it. So I'm struggling between the two. I just – I saw – in summer league, Cade's passing. So the assist assist numbers scare me. And I, I saw Jalen Green in summer league and he looks like freaking Damian Lillard in the summer league. I mean, obviously we don't put a ton of stock in the summer league disclaimer, but just everything looked translatable to me. He just looked so fast, so explosive. The jump shot looked good. Um, I, I just think he's so dynamic. He's probably going to take the award just because of highlights and hype and just the scoring totals. He's going to have two 40 point games Mark it in the books. If there's a bet on that bet that it's going to happen. So I guess Jalen green won, but I'm a little nervous about that pick just because I think Cade could potentially put up like 16, six and six, just like LaMelo did. I don't know if I think Cade's going to be that good of a score uh, or like not that good of a score, but score that many points. Um, 16 is not horribly hard to reach, though. I guess. I guess you're right. Um, I don't know. I think Jalen Green's going to be the clear best. Uh, I, I think his scoring is going to be higher than what you think it is. I think he's going to come into the league. In his first month, he might be at, like, 18 points a game. Yeah. Um, and then after that, he's just going to take off. Um, what we saw with Anthony Edwards is by the time people had already written LaMelo ball as the v- rookie of the year, like halfway through the year, Ant just kept getting better, kept getting better. And his second half of the season was awesome. Um, and I don't think either Jalen Green or Jalen or Cade Cunningham are going to come into the season that slow. Um, I don't think either of them are going to be absolutely awful in the first half of the season and slowly start to build it up month by month. Um, so it might be a, the case where it's like a race all the way through. Yeah. Um, I just think the scoring that people are going to see from Jalen Green is going to make them vote for him. I, and that's why I have him number one. I think I'm just a little more nervous than you are about him winning the award. Um, yeah, and I would Jaylen... bet a lot of money on Jalen Green winning the rookie yeah. of the year. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Suggs, like you kind of talked about, the dude's just a culture setter. I think he's going to impress people on defense. I think his effort's going to shine through every single night you watch him. Um, I just, he's going to do well. He's going to be the lead dog on that team, even though they're going to be absolutely horrible. I think he will end up in the race. And I have to bring it up because I've been pounding the table for Evan Mobley for like three months now, it feels like. And he's not even on my rookie of the year ballot. Uh, he will be the best player in this class. I stand by that. It's just, he's going to have a slower runway. Usually bigs take longer to develop and he's on a team that has a little more 
more people to feed, right? Like he's just not going to have the ball in his hands every time down the court and just chuck up shots and pump up those stats. That's not how it's going to be. He's got decent established players on that team. So he's probably going to average around 13, seven, three and a block and a half. Like I was telling you at break. So I don't think that's enough to win rookie of the year, but he will be an outstanding player one day. Yeah, you can't pay Jared Allen $100 million and then make Evan Mobley your number one option Exactly. immediately. I think yeah. you can do it in a couple of years, but uh, it's not like Jared Allen's going to get his touches. Colin Sexton's going to take too many touches. Um, <laughs> uh, you know the drill. Like, it's going to be yeah. hard for him to get the amount of touches he really deserves. Yeah. Um, unless they use him as a passer immediately. Unless That's they start true. using him in like a DeMontis Sabonis type role immediately. Um, and then he's got a shot because people will talk about him because he's sensational. Yeah, I think his defensive impact and passing is what's going to make people look forwards to his second year. I think they're going to say, wow, he showed some really impressive skills his rookie year. His stats didn't jump off the page, but he can build on those things throughout his career. I think that's kind of what his rookie year is going to be. I think it's fair. Um, a lot of times this award goes to the highest scoring rookie on the worst team. Um, so is there any shot that Scotty Barnes puts his name in the conversation? Raptors are going to be questionable. Um, he could be a dude who gets a lot of run. Um, are there any other sleeper picks and what do you feel like about Scott Barnes? Scotty Barnes is only a sleeper in the sense that he would have to make like an all defensive team. I think if he has like a Matisse Thibel impact, but he's playing 40 minutes a game as a rookie, he could have a case to get into this list. But I, th I think it's pretty clearly these three guys and then the first team all and like first team all rookie is just going to be the top five picks. I don't think anyone's sneaking into that list. Um, really? Yeah, I think it's Chalk. I think it's Cade, Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes as the all rookie team. Wow. Yeah. So no, no chance Davion Mitchell sneaks up. He's the one. He's the only one that could break it. He's the only one. Um, but going to Scotty Barnes, I think, and I did some research on this just before we did this episode. Rookie of the year is usually you add up all their totals, right? So their points per game, their rebounds per game, and their assists per game. Mm -hmm. And whoever has the highest combined total usually wins it. So Scotty Barnes could be like 15 points a game, like seven rebounds, three assists and like two steals and a block and a half. Like he could be just like all over the place and put his name in the hat, but he's not a dependent enough scorer. I feel like to put himself in conversation. I think assists, rebounds, steals, and blocks, he's going to excel and scoring. Yeah. He is going to be absolutely average. Yeah. Um, yeah. It'll definitely get him talked about. Hopefully it gets him a first team all rookie. Um, I that's a, that's a neat statement. I'm, I'm, I can't, find any reason to tell you you're wrong with the first five being all nba um it always turns out that there's one guy who comes in at like 16th who was just yeah. way better than everybody thought that's yeah. sangoon in this this case um but we'll see we'll see i think it's definitely possible all right that leaves one award the mvp, MVP baby mm -hmm. uh this is the most important award every year uh it's a big deal and I'm going to just let you take this one. Who's your, who's your MVP? This was tough. Um, picking MVPs. This was tough. I have a top four. I think this is going to be a close race this year. I don't okay. think there's going to be a lot 
uh, like just a one man show the whole year. Um, I think if he can stay healthy, the MVP in next season is going to be Kevin Durant. I would love that. Um, I think his scoring is going to be as efficient as it has ever been. Um, he is always a 40 plus percent three point shooter. Um, he, I think he could score 29 points a game pretty easily. He puts up 30 as, as normally as anybody, as like quietly as anybody has ever put up 30 before. Yes. Um, and his passing is still good. Like still for like for a, for a good, for a dude at his sort of play style his passing is awesome. Rebounding's yep. awesome. Defense is awesome. Nets are going to be the number one seed. He's my MVP. I would love that. Everyone knows on this podcast that Kevin Durant's one of my favorite players to watch. Only reason I didn't have him on my list, because I think he's the best player in the league, and I don't think it's necessarily close. Um, the only reason I didn't have him on my list is because I feel like James Harden and Kyrie Irving are kind of going to cannibalize votes from each other. Um, I know LeBron won a couple MVPs in Miami when he was with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Um, but when Kevin Durant went to Golden State, he was not winning MVPs and he was ridiculous. And mm-hmm. Steph Curry was ridiculous and he didn't win M- any MVPs. So we see sometimes these players cannibalize votes off each other. But I'm with you. Kevin Durant's going to give you 30 a night, great defense, 50, 40, 90, basically, and just ruin your team every single night. So I would not be shocked if he walked away with an MVP at all. Yeah, I, I just think he has to play the whole season um, because – like the votes are going to be an issue. The points, we know it's not an issue. We know the whole there's only one basketball thing is nonsense. Yeah. Um, Kevin Durant can put up 29, 30 points a game on 14 shots. Um, like he can it's do that crazy. more nights, more nights than he doesn't. It's um, crazy. He does not miss. I think he could put up like one of the most efficient seasons ever with the kind of team he's got around him. I agree with every single word you said. And honestly, another point to his benefit is I think he improved his reputation in the playoffs last year. People were still giving him shit about teaming up with Kyrie and James Harden. Once those two players went out and he was still kicking the Bucks' ass by mm-hmm. himself and was an inch away from sending them packing. Yeah. I think his reputation on NBA Twitter was just like, I'm in awe of Kevin Durant. I feel like people were starting to just like appreciate him instead of hate on him. That's the way it's supposed to be with Kevin Durant. He is awe-inspiring. He is amazing. Uh, You just got to appreciate that. So that goes in his favor. I think that's an excellent pick. My MVP, back-to-back, Nikola Jokic, baby. Nikola Jokic. And this kind of goes back to what I was saying about Mike Malone. I think if this team stays afloat as a top three seed because Nikola Jokic is dropping 30 point triple doubles every night for the first four, four months of the season, right. With just Michael Porter jr. By his side and they're Mm -hmm. winning games. I think he's going to be the favorite. I think you can't ignore what he's doing. The efficiency he's scoring at the passing is just otherworldly. I think it's already acceptable to put him in the top, I don't know, 10 passers of all time, just based off of like skill and vision and stuff like that. Um, I, I think he's really in a category of his own. I think he's such a unique player. And I think if the Nuggets can achieve win totals without Jamal Murray, I think the media is going to eat that shit up. And I think they're going to vote Jokic for a, a second MVP. I would love it. The media has not eaten any of Jokic. They have no love for Jokic. That's true. Um, it's, true. it's been weird to see the lack of love given to Nikola Jokic. 
Maybe yeah. now that he's got one, it'll start coming. Um, he is in the best shape he's ever been in, um, like as, as an NBA player. Um, he The thing I love about Jokic is how quickly he forms like perfect chemistry with his teammates. Um, I love every like high energy teammate that goes to Denver when Gary Harris was on the team, even though he was a, just an awful shooter. Yeah. Um, I loved him on the team because of the energy and because of the fact that Jokic would hit him with easy buckets all day. Um, Bones Highland is one of my favorite rookies drafted to Denver. Him and Jokic already um, say they have a pretty good connection. And he's another lights out scorer. Uh, I, I'd like this team's going to be awesome. Jokic's assists could be like, he could be in the assist leader category. Yeah. And I think, um, and also that, put up 30. Yeah, exactly. I, I think if he's the assist leader while being seven foot tall, close to 300 pounds and put up close to 30 points per game and keep that team afloat. I, I don't see how you can deny him the award for a second year straight. I I'm with you, man. I would love to see Jokic get it again. Um, especially because Jamal Murray's going to come back towards the end of the year and they could just start rolling into the playoffs and just dominate the last month or two of the season. Yeah. Um, I would love to see that. My number two is Giannis. I'm this Giannis is on track to put his name into the GOAT category. Um, and this would be just an extension of that third MVP. It would be his third MVP. He is going to have an awesome season. He is the only shot the Nets have at not being the number one seed. Um, I think he's coming into the league with a little more confidence than he had last year. He added a little bit in the playoffs, the fades, the post hooks, the post fadeaway shots that he was throwing up last year in the playoffs. He did not have the year before. Um, I think there's going to be marginal improvements from Giannis, but he's going to just be the same beast he's always been, and the media is going to love him again. I think that's a real possibility because just like the argument I had for Kevin Durant, Giannis improved his reputation tenfold. This Absolutely. Finishing off the finals with a 50 point game. Um, it's just, it's unheard of. It's unheard of. It's one, it's one of the best closeout games in NBA history, if not the best. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm with you. I think he's back on the media's good side. I, I think, like you said, he's going to do his normal Giannis stuff, like 30, 13, and 6, uh, while also being one of the premier defensive players in the league. It would not shock me at all if he won this award. Yeah. Um, real quick, neither of us put him in our Defensive Player of the Year rankings. Yeah. Um, was that a mistake? I think me putting Jonathan Isaac above him is ridiculous. Yeah. I just love Jonathan Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Yeah. I. Uh... I mean, I think he could win the award. Um, MVP is what I'm more interested in with him, though. And I think, if anything, it would be the award he chased over Defensive Player of the Year, if he's even chasing awards. I think he's just kind of playing the best version that he can of basketball. Yeah. Um, Yeah, he's my number two. Jokic is my number three. Gotcha. Uh, Joel Embiid's my number two. I'm kind of playing at this with a talent and narrative standpoint, right? Oh, the Sixers are in shambles. Ben Simmons wants to get the hell out of here. Daryl Morey and Clutch are fighting where Ben Simmons lands. Joel Embiid's just going to go out there and put up 31 and 12 every single night and just bruise your team until they want to quit. I think this team, I have them as a top three seed still, even with the Ben Simmons hysteria going on. 
if that comes to fruition and they stay a three seed with all this garbage happening in their organization and Joel Embiid's just ripping the league a new asshole, he's got to be in the conversation for the award. He would be in the conversation, absolutely. I don't think there's a chance that the Sixers are a three seed unless Daryl Morey gets the kind of return on Ben Simmons that he thinks he can get. Um, it's going to be hard to lose out on Ben Simmons and bring in a player or enough players to remain a contender. I think this is where me and you differ a little bit because I remember in the seed episode, I said, no matter what their package is, I think they're fine. You were not of that mindset. Right. You were I like, think Ben hey. Simmons is one of the most important players on Philly. Right. despite how his offensive garbageness um, <laughs> and losing him is going to be really, really devastating unless they bring in somebody who's awesome in return. I think if they even traded for D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley, I think they're still a three seed. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, that depends on Joel Embiid being healthy. Um, and that's that's only, another right. big if. Yeah. That's the only gripe. I know he's going to miss games. It just how many, if he misses 10 games, I think he wins the award. Yes. They're one of those teams. I think that they, they're always like an amazing home team. Yes. Um, amazing. They had one season a couple of years ago where they won practically, I think the bubble year, they won practically every home game and they lost practically every away game. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's wild. They gotta, they gotta find some way to balance out a little bit. Um, but they do have a lot of talent. So, I mean, maybe, maybe Joel could help bring them to a three seed. Yeah. And, do I know you kind of already did your little joker thing, but you had him third, correct? Yes. I think he's going to be awesome the whole year. I think the Nuggets are going to be the two seed. Um, he would have to be an assist leader or at least like top three in assists um, and put up like 30 points a game, I think, to be the MVP. What we saw from Giannis when he won his second MVP was a slight improvement and the team success was still there right i think that could happen with Jokic. i think if he even makes slight improvements like i think he ended up around 8.5 assists per game last year like if that goes to 10 i think it's so easy for him to win this award he could get a slight uptick in three-point uh, efficiency as well i think yeah there's some things that he could do for sure yeah. um my number four for the mvp because i felt like putting a fourth name james Both. harden i have two brooklyn nets in my top four Um, James Harden looked like an MVP candidate in the month that he played for the Nets when the other two were gone, when he was the, when he was putting up 13 assists per game and like 30 points. And he was doing the Mike D'Antoni, James Harden, uh, like get on my back and let's win this shit. Yep. Um, he was showing that he's still amazing. He's still the MVP. He's going to put up amazing assist numbers, incredible efficiency, incredible scoring again. Um, and the Nets are going to be the first seed. I think it depends on Katie or Harden, who's healthy the longest. If yeah. Katie's hurt, Harden can take over this team and put himself in the MVP conversation. <clears throat> I like that pick. I think it's a sneaky pick. My only gripe against it would be the same thing I said for Kevin Durant. They might cannibalize each other for votes. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, we know, we know how great of an offensive hub James Harden is. Um, my third player is Luka. I think he has potential to just go God mode this year. Uh, lead the league in scoring, lead the league in assists, and just win the award and just kind of surprise everyone and become like the third seed all by himself. That would not surprise me at all. We'll see what Jason Kidd's got up his sleeve, man. I'm worried. I'm worried about Luca. I'm worried about the Mavs. 
Um, I think that there's an equally large chance that they crash and burn this year and they horribly underperform. Um, It's a huge, huge risk that they're taking this year. Um, But if they crush it, if Luca comes out and starts averaging a 30 point triple double right off the bat and uh, Tingus Pingus there is okay. As long as, as long as he's not like absolutely garbage, they're going to win a lot of games. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> last year, last year he averaged 28, uh, 28, nine. And nine. And it's like, yeah, he's three statistical points away from a 30 point triple double. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the thing about Luca, like when Russell Westbrook did it, the team efficiency and offense was not good. Like they were the seventh seed Luca. When he first became who he is like his second year in the league, the offensive efficiency was the greatest offensive efficiency in NBA history. Yeah. It was historically like, great. Yeah. Because he was able to get to the hoop and get all of his three point shooters, wide open looks. He's still running the same formula today. It's just if he upticks that three-point percentage and his free throw percentage by a couple points, like what is he going to be at, 33 points per game while being close to the league leader in assists? I would not be shocked at all if he just went Goku and just run this league. I think the thing we're waiting for for that to happen is Luka getting into NBA-style endurance and stamina. He needs to be in an NBA body, an NBA player's shape. I think Um, this is the year. I, I would love it. Um, I haven't seen him really commit to his body like that. Um, Jokic has done it the past two years and I've loved to see it. And I didn't think I was ever going to see that from Jokic. Um, but a slim down version of Luca who can play in the fourth quarter and not get gassed and throw up those 30 point step back threes that he loves. Um, cause they lose in the fourth quarter pretty often because Luca is just gassed. Um, if he can get into shape, yeah, he's an MVP. I think what, like, we got to remember with Jokic, he just got in shape during the bubble. Like, to right. start last season or two seasons ago now, homeboy was obese. Yeah, chunky, a little, little chunky. Yeah. Like, he only first got in shape when the bubble started because he had yeah. six months in the middle of the season to work on his body during the pandemic. Yeah. He wasn't in shape before that. I think with Luca. He came into last season out of shape, like visibly out of shape. And he was shooting like 28% from three for the first like month and a half of half of the season. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen again. Homeboy's going to come in and shoot a decent percentage right away and be on the train tracks. The reason, according to Jokic, that he wasn't fat last season was because the turnaround was too slow and he didn't have time to go back home and eat as much as he wanted to. There you go. Um, and maybe that's what you need sometimes, I guess. Um, Luca definitely needs something. He needs some kick in the ass to get into NBA player shape because if he does that, he will be like top five player the whole his whole career. Yeah, top three, yeah. he'll be up there. So now that we're done with MVP candidates, we're real move- quick. I just think it's important to bring up the fact that neither of us put down LeBron. I think it's a smart thing that neither of us put down LeBron. Yeah. I think the Lakers are going to be a good team. There's too much talent for LeBron to be good enough to be an MVP. I think he'll be himself 24-ish points, maybe even more than that a game. Um, good assist numbers, good rebound numbers. I don't think we're seeing anything crazy from LeBron this year. No, I would expect like 22-8-8. Eight and eight. Mm-hmm. I think adding Westbrook, actually maybe not 8-8 eight and eight anymore because Westbrook, you know he's going to gobble up assists and rebounds. So 
I think it's going to be a new iteration of LeBron that maybe we haven't seen yet. And I also think the Lakers are going to take no risks this year after the injury issues they had to deal with last year with Davis going down and LeBron going down. It's like, they're not going to risk anything. They're going to sit LeBron a couple more games than we're used to seeing. And Anthony Davis is going to take all the time he wants. So uh, yeah, LeBron shouldn't be on this list, even though he could very well be the best player in the league still. I don't think I don't think he's in the MVP running. The way he takes <clears throat> regular season games off too, it doesn't make sense to reward him. Yeah. Um, so let's move on. And I think do we go rebounds, assist, scoring, or scoring, assist, rebounds? Scoring is the most important one. Yeah, we'll go scoring first. I'm gonna say Luca in a landslide. I have Luca as my number one too. Yeah. Um, I have my order goes Luca, KD, Brad Beal. I. I would switch out Brad Beal for Steph Curry, but I like that list. I that's that's totally fine. I think Katie's got a chance to be like 31 points per game. Yeah, true. On like the best efficiency we've ever seen. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but Luca, he could be 33 points, man. Um, and he's healthy. He plays pretty much all the games. He doesn't sit a lot. Um, and it's definitely possible. You think by a landslide? Yeah, I think if if you're putting your money on it, your mortgage on it, you're betting Luca. Okay. I think that's fair. What about assist leader? I got Luca as well. Really? Yeah. I have two names above Luca, three names above Luca. Um, Trey Young, mm. James Harden, probably not actually. Luca's going to have more assists than James Harden. Luca's going to have less assists than Jokic. In mm. my my prediction. Okay. Though I I like I that. Trey, I have Trey as my leader. That's a cool I, – I could foresee that happening. I think in the playoffs he kind of took a role of facilitating. Well, obviously he was dropping bombs, but he, he was such a conductor. I, I think that carries through for sure. I think we're going to see like a dozen 15 assist games from him this season. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, rebounds, my top two are Cabela, Capella and Gobert. Yeah. Um, it's, this has been Andre Drummond's award for as long as he's been a starting basketball player, but he is now a backup. He's Joel Embiid's backup. Yeah. Um, um, I, for, for those listening, I wrote an article about Andre Drummond. Do we just have to spell check it and then it'll be out? But I, I just go over the trials and tribulations of Andre Drummond's career. Um, for rebounds, I got Capella winning it. I think Gobert's a good second option. I also want to throw Joel Embiid in there as well. <laughs> I think he's a monster on the glass. Um, I, th- I think he's a good option up there too. Yeah. Yeah. Joel Embiid's a monster. I don't really, I don't know who else gets lots and lots of rebounds. Um, DeMontis Abonis gets like 10 a game always, but he's not going to win it. You could maybe say Carl Anthony Towns, but. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so let's get into the interesting stuff. The who's going to make it to the finals and who is going to win. Um, I wish that this was more interesting. I wish yeah. that there were more interesting narratives and storylines and we could have different opinions. I think we have the same opinion on who's going to the finals. Yeah. I think if you think any different, you might be delusional. It's the Nets and it's the Lakers and I'm taking the Nets. I'm taking uh, the Nets. So when it Kevin Durant finals MVP, this was my exact prediction last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, injuries obviously played a giant part in last year's postseason, but as long as these teams are constructed the way they're constructed, no one's beating them unless injuries happen, which is, hey, we saw it happen last year, right? So it is, it is doable. Um, but, I mean, if they manage their health, no one's beating these freaking teams. No, nobody is. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think it's pretty obviously Nets-Lakers. 
Uh, I want to be a homer. There's no team that's going to beat the Nets in the East when they're healthy. If you want to talk about like potentially, what if the Nets aren't healthy? Any team in the East could probably come away out of the top five. Yeah. Um, but it's it's unlikely. Do you think Kevin Durant getting a Finals MVP on the Nets would turn around his reputation even more? Are people going to care about next year's Final MVP if he wins it? I think they will because it puts him in like rarefied air. Uh, that's three Finals MVPs for him. Mm-hmm. It's like Shaq, Larry Bird, Magic, LeBron. Like it, it's a pretty exclusive list um and i think this is something i just have to say because when i choose the nets as a champion Kyrie for the last five seasons has been nothing but like since the shot when he won the championship for cleveland he's been hurt like almost every single postseason he has not made it through a single postseason um so if kd and james harden go against the lakers and win that finals mvp is gonna absolutely mean something yeah I think that's fair. Kyrie's like the only really, really good dude who's never had to be keyed up against in the playoffs, who's, who's never had to be like targeted specifically in the playoffs. Um, Cause he phased out, he fizzled out too early on the Celtics or he got hurt and then he had LeBron and now he's got Katie and Harden. So he's like probably the best basketball player to not be like, you can't build your whole scheme around stopping him. Yeah. Um, everybody in the nets though, it's, they're too good of a team. It's like not fun. Um, yeah, it's not possible. I don't think for a healthy Nets team to lose to anybody, uh, like maybe they lose one or two games in the playoffs. I'm, I'm totally with you. And honestly, to our listeners who don't watch basketball all the time, but listen to this podcast, cause they like to know the league. What I would suggest you guys do is root for a player on a horrible team or like just choose a fun team to watch and just root for them. I know last year's like league pass team was the Hornets. Everyone loved watching the Hornets. I enjoyed it. Ben, I know you did too. Mm -hmm. Um, You root for Jokic almost as much as you root for the Celtics. I root for the Cavs for an unknown reason. Um, I root for the Clippers too because of Kawhi. I love watching Kawhi play. So honestly, with the Nets being as dominant as they are, you don't want to watch their games unless you want to see just an overwhelming amount of talent on a court at, at the same time. If you want to see what the NBA equivalent of JV versus varsity, yes. um, watch the nets yeah. and regular season. Exactly. Like if you want to watch the nets versus the Orlando magic, go for it. <laughs> you could not pay me to do that shit. And I love <laughs> basketball more than most people I know. So just for new NBA consumers, definitely suggest maybe keying on on a star player or keying on a bad team and just hoping they turn it around. That's Watch the way his eye on. That'll be my advice. If you're a new basketball a, player, be a Pelicans fan. LaMelo, Zion, and Luka, those are great players to hit your bandwagons yes. to now. So when they're the best players in the league, you can say I was on that bandwagon early. So yeah, I think that wraps everything up. Uh, anything else to say before we get on out of here? Um, we actually never really reviewed our last year's pick. We did it like podcast to podcast, but this year we got to make an actual review episode when this is done. So we'll have to come back to all this. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Peace, everybody. Peace. Thanks everybody for listening in. If you want to interact with us at the chase down, make sure to find us on Instagram, Twitter, and blogger at the chase down pod to join the conversation. Peace, everybody.